Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Go Fox Yourself podcast, and I am your host, Mr. Fox. As always, I am offensive, crude, obscene, vulgar, belligerent, and abrasive. But who gives a shit? Today's subject, I intend to talk about the fascist states of America. And while you're probably sitting there thinking, well, what the hell, Mr. Fox? Did you just jump ship? And then, no, I did not. Uh, In fact, I am still libertarian as always and will always be. However, there are some things that, quite frankly, disturb me as to what's going on. Um, I will get into that. However, before I do, let me just say... That, as always, what I say here today is simply my opinion. Uh, There is nothing of authority towards anything legal, medical, or scientific that I have to say. It is simply my opinion. I will support it with fact, but take it for what it is. Simply entertainment. And if you laugh, great. If you cry, even better. And if I piss you off, at least I know I set out to do what I'm doing. Now, in light of all that I have just said, as I said earlier, uh, today's subject happens to be the fascist states of America, and there is a valid reason for this. As we have been seeing for the past year or so, um, I honestly think that the media as well as this administration, has been pulling a lot of strings in terms of misdirection, as well as misinformation. As of late, uh, pretty much the media has been literally saturated with nothing more than Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yeah, it's entertaining for a while, but for God's sakes, there's only so much about how Amber Heard is so regular that she doesn't make it to the toilet on time. Or the fact that, well, Johnny Depp is a wife beater, but no, he's not a wife beater, but in fact, Amber Heard's the husband beater. Needless to say, we also know for a fact that if you've been paying attention to what she says, she's a pretty good actress, and she also plagiarizes a lot, including her own personal assistant. Apparently, she decided to use as her own story the very story of her assistant, that took place when she was 26 in Brazil as she was violently raped for five to six hours. Apparently, Amber Heard used the same story in her case. Not really relevant, but it just seems like we've been hearing a lot of it. (laughs) Meanwhile, we also get to hear a lot about how we're fighting to help, uh, help create or at least preserve the democracy of the Ukraine. And um, unfortunately, tell me exactly when did Ukraine become a fucking democracy? They have never been a democracy for four centuries. From the Cossacks to the time when Catherine Great or the Great took over and said mine, and they had been basically the bastard country of Russia. Even during the Soviet Union, when they were called the Ukraine, they still were the bastard child of Russia. And even after the Soviet Union fell, and in the 90s they were given their freedom, they were still the bastard child of Russia. They have never had any democracy. Even their individual government was a pro-Russian government. So explain to me when the fuck did they ever have a democracy? let alone worth us spending billions of dollars, let alone a $40 billion check that we're looking to hand over to them now for uh, weapons, ammunition, and shit. Um, Basically, when they can run through a week's worth of supplies within a day. On top of which, the fact that almost a year ago, we just gave the Taliban $6 billion dollars Uh, Worth of military equipment, weapons, and ammunition. Uh, Why the fuck are we just throwing away our shit? Seriously. I mean, everybody keeps talking about China now. 
And this is coming from our own military might on the media, stating that China is the threat. And right now, instead of going into Taiwan and race, uh, wasting their resources, they're sitting on the sidelines just waiting to see what happens. Meanwhile, we're wasting our resources to the point to where we're going to leave our back door open because we can't afford to put our pants on. And China, and possibly even Russia, and if you really think about it, the trifecta of China, Russia, and North Korea, seeing as nobody's been really giving a shit about North Korea lately, uh, they're going to be able to pretty much just take their little dicks and shove it right on up our ass as we're not looking. Mainly because we can't afford to protect it anymore. It's a wonderful aspect to look at here. And you kind of look at the Ukraine and wonder, well, what the fuck is going on? And my question to it is, what if the Ukraine is in fact nothing more than a pansy for us to actually waste our money when we can't afford to be wasting anything? I mean, let alone, folks... We're sitting in a state of hyperinflation, labor shortage, energy crisis. Uh, the list goes on here. I mean, we've had 12 major distribution centers go up in flames. We're looking at a baby formula shortage and quite possibly even higher prices on food and other items simply because our major distribution centers went up in fire. Kind of like this country's almost going, or headed towards as well. Now, you may think this is kind of far-fetched, but at the same time, as anybody that would probably be thinking in a strategic format here, especially with China, who quite frankly I have never trusted as far as I can throw the little motherfuckers, because quite frankly, they've never shown any history of being trustworthy to begin with. I mean... We helped them out in World War II with the Japanese, and then afterwards, they basically thumb their nose at us and give us the fucking finger. Don't talk to us for decades. Then on top of that, the British hand over Hong Kong with the stipulation that Hong Kong is to remain as it was. No interference with the communist regime there in China. But, of course, we now know that they pretty much thumbed their nose at that one and said, eat a dick. On top of which, plenty of evidence that they have hacked our systems multiple times, let alone stolen our technology on multiple occasions. And then to top that off, if any of you remember the Tiananmen Square incident, interestingly enough, after that whole little squabble got squashed, while there were thousands of people that got arrested, there were many more thousands of people that had in fact gone disappeared, uh, never to be heard or seen from again. Coincidentally, though, they've started showing up again. These thousands and thousands of people, if not millions, uh, started showing up again in the form of an exhibit at the body exhibit that the Chinese have been pretty much donating their bodies, apparently willingly, of course, to these museums. So I... I'm not going to apologize for what I said. I don't fucking trust those assholes. As far as I'm concerned, they can all suck a dick. Now, why do I bring up China? Well, they have been notorious for basically looking in the long game in terms of taking over shit. And quite frankly, I'm curious to know why they've been oddly quiet lately and have kind of left Taiwan alone. Because this had apparently been a uh, major dispute in terms of who actually owns it. And for them to sit on the sidelines, I kind of wonder, like, is there something going on here that would be interesting to know or find out? And what is the strategy? Because that's exactly what the Chinese do. However, nobody's talking about it. And it's actually an interesting question to be asking. Now, while I say this is, a or this is one of those things of misdirection and misinformation that 
we're not really hearing about, let alone talking about. One also has to consider George Orwell's 1984. And China played a big part in that story. Now, where do I get off by calling it the fascist states of America? Well, let me just tell you. Usually when people think of fascists, they think of Nazi. However, I look at the Nazi party as being the National Socialist Workers Party, which is exactly what it means. And I also consider the Hitler Youth, the SA, the SS, and the Nazi propaganda machine. And we're starting to actually see this pop up even in our own administration here. Uh, now, you may have heard the name Xavier Becerra. And this is a guy who is now the Secretary of Health and Human Services. However, he has never had any history to speak of in the medical field, let alone health. Uh, the guy, honestly, I don't even feel like he belongs in the position that he's in. As much as I give Rachel Levine, uh, Levine, Levine, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, shit for basically stolen valor, wearing a fucking ad four-star admiral's uniform, in which case he'd never actually gone up the ranks to even deserve, which, in truth, the only reason he got it was so that the three-star admiral, who happens to be the Surgeon General, has to actually answer to the Deputy uh, Secretary of Health Services, which is Rachel Levine. But in terms of his admiral uniform, it's about as legitimate as Tom Cruise's lieutenant uniform in the movie Top Gun. It's, it's a fucking joke. Now, in case you haven't really understood Xavier Becerra, uh, he, he does have a background in law. He was the attorney general in uh, the state of California for a little while. But um, here's a bit of an excerpt, if you will. As far as his agenda, when he was being questioned by Congress, no less. But uh, it might give you an idea of what I'm talking about here, that it just seems like there's stuff going on that nobody's heard of, let alone nobody's bothering to talk about. today. I appreciate you coming before the committee. Um, to start off, as a Secretary of Health and Human Services, can you define for this committee what is a man? You're looking at one. Great. So you are a man. I like that. Can you tell me, can men get pregnant? Uh, unless you know something I don't, uh, I think the answer is pretty obvious. What is that answer, sir? I'm asking you, is there something you know that I don't know that would say that a man... Well, I'm asking what you know. Can men get pregnant? I'm not aware of it. Okay. Well, um, Mr. Secretary, materials coming from your department, you've referred to mothers as, as birthing persons, replacing that title with... Are, are mothers not persons? Mothers are persons, but it seems to be more inclusive, like you're trying to include another gender in that. I'm all about inclusion. Honestly. There you go. Um, so, well, you know, just as a mother of four boys, um, I'm not necessarily offended at that. I am a person, um, but it's just unscientific and absurd. Um, How so? To include men in that, if you're going to persons. be inclusive, if you're going to be inclusive in birthing persons, yes. Well, well, but, but it seems to me that you're trying Let's back to up, Ken, reclaiming my time. Can men get pregnant? Then we don't need to include them in this. Mothers are mothers. Moving forward, Mr. Secretary, I want to read for you um, from a document from your office, um, the Office of um, Population Affairs. Um, it says in here, and I quote, gender-affirming care encompasses many facets of healthcare needs and support. It has been shown to increase positive outcomes for transgender and non-binary children. Mr. Secretary, what is a transgender child? A child in America is a child in America, and I hope you and I can love that child just as much as Can you define what a transgender child is? A, a, that's a child in America. It's an American citizen child who needs the services and love just the way any other child does. Mr. Secretary, do you believe that a child is capable of making life-altering 
uh, decisions to maim themselves? So let me, let me just say to you that I don't agree with your premise, but what I will say to you is children know much about themselves and with the help of their- Do you believe that children are capable of making the decision to self-mutilate? Again, I don't necessarily accept the Well, Mr. Secretary, I mean, you have gender-affirming care for young people, and so this is something that I you have looked over- I don't equate gender-affirming care to mutilation. So if that's where you're going, then you're not gonna get the answer you want. So, um, Mr. Mr. Secretary here, can you, um, can you tell me if there have been mastectomies, um, uh, uh, mastectomies, connectomies, or hysterectomies on children? And have taxpayers funded that? So I, I could probably use the help of my wife who's an OBGYN who could talk for it. Or maybe Dr. Burgess could, could help us out here. Or gender affirming care to be included in that. I'm sorry, pose the question one more time, please. In this gender affirming care, Mr. Secretary, let me just stop it right there and explain what just happened. Now, being a father, I know exactly what she just did, and that was to compare the transgender elective surgery to that of basically a child or even an adult going in for a visectomy or, for that matter, hysterectomy or whatever the hell where you're pretty much neutering or spading yourself which is within reason of a valid comparison because you cut your dick off or basically rip out your ovaries and womb, your reproductive organs are no longer intact, okay? It's basically you cannot have a child at this point. Now, speaking of a father who has also had a visectomy and others out there can attest to this, when you go in to have those kind of surgeries, and I'm talking about going in when I was 35 years old, and I was told under no circumstances would I be able to even have that elective surgery done. And it actually took my ex-wife and I to go in and prove that she was a high risk in terms of pregnancy for me to have this done. And during the ter uh, duration of our second child, she had hers per, uh, done as well. And the fact is, if I had to go through all that, as well as others, not to mention if that's the case, then obviously the idea of a child going in for a visectomy, like a male boy, to go in for a visectomy uh, is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, no doctor would perform it. So what makes this asshole think that a child should be able to go in and have an elective surgery to basically have their dick cut off? Or for that matter, a female to go in and have one fabricated while also having her ovaries, fallopian tubes and shit basically fucking uh, no more. So, from my perspective, I see what she's doing here, and she made a valid point. The idea of this elective surgery is irrelevant. This shouldn't even be a question of uh, process. And the fact that he supports it proves exactly how moronic this asshole really is. Let alone the fact that with this administration not showing any opposition to a person within their cabinet obviously goes a step further to suggest that this administration has no clue what the fuck they're doing in terms of our children. And this also extends out to the Department of Education. Just something to think about. I'll continue with this. Have there been tax dollars put forward to fund mastectomies, connectomies, and hysterectomies for sex reassignment purposes for minors with gender dysphoria. So Americans are entitled to receive healthcare services. If they are entitled to receive any of the services that you just mentioned, then it would be against the law for us to try to deny them that care. So for the record, you favor HHS's funding being able for, to, for sex reassignment. 
for surgeries on minors. I will do everything I can to defend any American, including children, whether or not they fit the categories you have mentioned or not, and if they talk about gender-affirming care, I am there to protect the rights of any American. Mr. Secretary, I want to turn to a different document. Your office released um, uh, this uh, gender. Okay, I'll stop there because this next bit with Becerra actually goes into another aspect that I want to talk about. Now, a lot of you <coughs> have probably already heard about the exposure Disney got with how a lot of their executives wish to, well, queer shit up. Um, and there were quite a few of them. I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to basically put up uh, any clips, so to speak, of that whole ordeal. Everybody basically knows it. Uh, we also know about the issue going on. Well, now it's pretty much been resolved. But Florida's case in the uh, Don't Say Gay bill, as it was misappropriately named, um, Again, I'm not going to go too far into that one other than to more or less explain the fact that while everybody's been talking about Florida in terms of this uh, fight, which they have won to keep educators, teachers, and faculty from teaching our children from ages kindergarten on up to third grade, LGBTQ subject matter. Some people probably have a problem with this that are in the LGBTQ uh, community. Uh, me, I am all for what Florida did. And if you got a problem with that, well, tough shit. Because basically, here's the problem. When I was in fifth grade, I was finally exposed to sex ed in the public educational system. However, I had to take a permission form to my parents have them sign off on it a week before, in which case when I brought it back, I would be eligible to sit through a two-hour session of what was a sex ed, somewhat seminar, class, whatever the hell. And basically all it really covered was puberty and reproduction. It didn't cover anything of heterosexuality, porno, whatever, all that other crap, and then going into homosexuality, lesbians, and so forth and so on. That did not actually come about until my sophomore year in high school as basically an entire quarter devoted to what was sex education. Now, in fifth grade, again, I'm talking about two classes above the max area that Florida is basically saying, you will not teach these students this subject matter. And I'll explain why. That is a valid point, that we should not be teaching kindergartners to third grade, and for that matter, not even up to fifth grade, okay? Here's the problem, and I actually look at it to some degree of my own issues, not with homosexuality or lesbian, but just the subject matter of sex alone at that age. And some of you probably catching on to exactly what I'm about to say. When I sat through that class... The first hour was a freaking movie, and the second hour was basically an hour of questions and answer, Q&A shit. And we were told, under no uncertain terms, were we to laugh during that class. If we got caught laughing or making immature comments, we would be thrown out of the classroom. Furthermore... We were also segregated where the females went to the classroom next door while those of us males stayed in that classroom. Mainly because we were seen to be too immature to handle the class in an integrated manner. And that's the problem. We were immature at fifth grade. As I was looking around during the movie, quite a few of us got kicked out of that classroom because we couldn't stop laughing or we were trying to hold back our laughter. And granted, I finally made it through to the Q&A part, but I finally eventually got kicked out of that class because, and I quote, uh, one of the questions that came up was, why do I get a boner? 
And those of you who know me knew that I would not leave that without a response. And out the door I went. And that's the problem. Is the maturity level. It has nothing to do with the subject matter. It has to do with the maturity level of children. They are not mature enough to handle the subject of sex. Let alone you want to teach them about lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer subject matter. It's fucking stupid. Okay? And furthermore, with this Xavier Becerra character, who happens to be our Secretary of Health and Human Services, he honestly thinks that we should be allowed to teach this stuff to kindergarten on up. Florida's simply saying not before fourth grade. And everybody loses their shit, including Disney. However, I've got a clip of one particular person from Disney who makes a comment that I found quite interesting. So, uh, take a listen. You know, you can go back to the to the 50s to the Jones Committee where the legislature was, was actively uh, put together a task force whose whole job was to root out civil rights workers and any homosexuals in the university system. They destroyed lives. Literally, people committed suicide behind the, the relentless attack. And then you have Anita Bryant, and many of us are of an age to remember Anita Bryant's Save Our Children campaign, which was premised on the same the same ideas that undergird this bill. And because of her campaign that equated being gay with being a, a pre child predator, she was able to pass a ban on gay people being able to adopt a marriage ban, and then she took that nationwide. And so when we react to this, a lot of us are reacting from the pain we experienced of being isolated and stigmatized in school. But we're also reacting from the reality that when they can erase you, when they can criminalize your existence, when they can demonize who you are, the next step is to criminalize you and take your kids. And we're already... Okay, folks. Here's the thing that gets me is that she's basically looking at it from a standpoint that we have already moved beyond, okay? Nobody is criminalizing your preference, your sexuality, your personal life. Nobody is questioning that. Nobody is criminalizing that. And nobody, for God's sakes, is taking your children away. I mean, seriously, if that were the case... Rosie O'Donnell would not have a child anymore, okay? She, this lady is full of shit. However, the interesting aspect of what she had to say, if you listen to Xavier Becerra, our Secretary of Health and Human Services, he kind of goes about it in a reverse aspect that is actually quite scary. Affirming care is trauma-informed care. In this document, you clearly state that gender-affirming care includes puberty blockers, hormones, and surgeries for minor children. You go on to assure the parent to uh, assure parents that there is no scientifically sound reason to doubt hormones and surgeries are helpful to minor children. You also discuss this in a document that the potential for removing children from their parents is on the table if they're not providing providing gender-affirming care. Mr. Secretary, do you think that parents who believe in two genders only should have their children removed from them? Secretary, you, Mr. Secretary, you can answer or respond in writing. Your time is expired. I, I can respond very quickly. Okay. Congresswoman, I, I believe in supporting and protecting transgender youth. I believe that they, along with their parents and their uh, caregivers, will make the best decisions. And I would really urge that politicians like you stay out of their business. Interesting words from Xavier Becerra. Because basically he has admitted to doing exactly what this lady from Disney, an executive, uh, was afraid of, well, apparently the non-LGBTQ community doing to her and people like her. Okay, 
what he has openly admitted to in that document that she pulled up, it's something he actually wrote of his own opinion, is that if we were to have a child that wants to have gender-transforming care, meaning taking hormone blockers and even having an elective surgery, which, all of which, doctors who are willing to perform this surgery, as well as the CDC, has come out and said, this is not only unnecessary, but it is dangerous to perform any of this on a human being that is not fully physically matured. And yet he believes that if we were to stand in the way of this as a parent, our child can be taken away from us by the federal government. If anything here, that should scare the shit out of you. Because this is a government basically telling you that you your parenting rights are being taken away. And while people were referring to what was going on in Florida and then basically ta uh, pretty much rebounding off that and going towards Texas with some of the stuff that's going on there, the fact is nobody's really talking about the fact that all of this that is being dis or that was discussed with Xavier Becerra and the fact that the educational department wants to go forward with this stuff and that he is all for it and willing to put on the table some aspect of pseudo-legislation to where the federal government can step in and basically tell us as parents how to raise our children. This is going on in every state, folks. This isn't just Florida or Texas. They just happen to be the most vocally against it. Basically, for the rest of you, you live in states that are ran by pussies. And that should frighten the shit out of you. But it doesn't just end there. Oh, no. See, while I say the fascist states of America understand that the Nazi propaganda machine was notorious not just in intimidation, but also in telling you how to think, how to write, what to write about. Oh, the list goes on, my friends. The list goes on. And, uh, well, within that term, we ended up with an individual by the name of Nina Jankowicz, who is now the head of what is called the, uh, well, she's basically the head of the Disinformation uh, Governance Bureau. And, um, well, she's not exactly somebody that you would really think uh, deserves that spot. Uh, just for a mere fact, uh, let's, let's see. But, um, yeah, she is uh, actually, well, she's a ditz, folks. And to prove it, here she is. Ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie when Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine or when TikTok influencers. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna torture you any longer with this. I just wanted you to get an idea of uh, how stupid this woman really is and how serious she apparently takes her job. But more importantly, she has actually been seen in the past pretty much spreading misinformation, and yet this is exactly the type of person that our president decides to put with full approval of the Department of Homeland Security in the position of the czar of the disinformation governance board and the mere thought aside from the fact that it is led by a dingbat 
The mere thought that this administration would even create such a bureau should also frighten you. Because the only other real regimes that have actually gone this far have been China, Russia as the Soviet Union, North Korea, Iran, and lo and behold, Nazi Germany. Pretty much with the enforcement and intimidation of the SS, NSA, uh, Hitler Youth. And why nobody's actually afraid of this is beyond me. Now, understand, I'm not a for disinformation. Uh, I try to avoid it at all costs. I try to basically steer clear of it. Quite frankly, I try and stay away from people who pretty much pass it on. The problem, however, is that I also believe in free speech. Regardless, true or not, free speech is free speech. Now, a lot of you may not know this, but uh, in terms of burning the national flag, that typically pisses off a lot of people. And it also raises a lot of emotions. However, a person who supports it or supported it and even said so, in terms of his opinion of the matter, stated in support of his decision that free speech was designed to be provocative. It was designed to provoke emotion. It was designed to provoke a reaction. And that is a valid point. It's also something that is held true to this day, even to the point to where somebody like Larry Flint was able to pretty much defend himself in terms of his magazine being, well, for instance, he spread a lie about a preacher in his magazine, let alone the fact that his magazine was found to be obscene and offensive and pornographic. Uh, those of you who know this guy is being better, no better than uh, the chief editor and publisher of Hustler Magazine. And yeah, he actually spread disinformation but was able to defend himself in the court of law, the United States Supreme Court, that is, in being able to state that it was protected speech. Now, we have this presidency, this administration, taking on the role of basically what Nazi Germany once was, the Soviet Union once was, China is now, or the People's Republic of China, as well as North Korea, in terms of telling us what we can and cannot say, what we can and cannot read, and what we can and cannot write about. Furthermore, telling us how to parent our kids. Even going a step further with indoctrination of our children. This should scare you. And I say this in terms of misdirection as to what I have been seeing on the news and everybody up. Nobody's talking about this as much as they should be. Instead, we basically listen about, well, the Ukraine thing. Or Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Or other pointless shit like Will Smith and Chris Rock. Why? Why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't anybody standing up to say anything about this? This is something we should all be scared of. The fact that we've got a presidency that's sitting there allowing leaks to go out and talk about how we have been giving Ukraine intel to assassinate top generals of Russia, let alone sink their flagship in the Black Sea. Yeah, that's going to look great for us. Let alone the fact that uh, you want to talk about more information and misdirection. <clears throat> 
How about the fact that uh, that Supreme Court leak of a draft, not a decision, but a draft of Alito's opinion on Roe versus Wade got leaked out the exact same day that Pfizer did a massive data dump of adverse reactions brought upon by their vaccine. Interestingly enough, nobody bothered to discuss that. Nobody bothered to discuss what about these adverse reactions brought on by the Pfizer vaccine. You know, the one that our president wanted to mandate everybody to take, including a booster. Or the fact that um, nobody was talking about the 12 distribution centers or so that pretty much went caught on fire. The fact that we're still seeing hyperinflation now at a rate of 11%. That is 11% according to the Consumer Price Index. That isn't 11% that includes the cost of energy costs, which we hadn't been monitoring since the 80s. However, we were monitoring back in 82 that everybody compares our times now to, which was at 6.7%. We are now inching ever so closer to the time when we were at between 15 and 18% during the 70s when Carter was president and when Nixon was president. This is no longer a joke, folks. Nobody is talking about this stuff and it is actually hurting this country. But instead, we feel like we could throw $40 billion at a country that's running through supplies a day, a week's worth of supplies in a day, and we're going to give them $40 billion more on top of the $6 billion we gave the Taliban. Where is everybody? Who's talking about this? Why is nobody talking about this? This is what we all need to think about. We also need to think about why. I mean, seriously, yeah, I kind of went out on a stretch basically saying that Ukraine's a patsy for us wasting all of our money on their so-called democracy, which has never existed, so that China could sit on the sideline, reserve all of their resources, and say, well, fuck it. Now the U.S. can't do shit. Let's hit Taiwan, but let's also go over in the back door of the United States. Yes. I will openly admit that is kind of a stretch. But when you're looking at the worst case scenario in any situation, you have to consider everything. Not just what is possible to happen to you, but also what is possible of somebody else who has a long history of thinking of the long game and waiting 10 to even 20 years to make their move and make it painful. And like I said, I have never trusted the Chinese, the country of China for as long as I have known them, which has been pretty much all my life. But looking at their history, they're not trustworthy. Not to say that we're any better, but uh, we're not donating bodies to these museum exhibits either that we pretty much uh, hid from the entire world after a freaking incident involving college students fighting for freedom of speech. Nor are we violating human rights such as they are with the uh, Uyghurs or Uyghurs, whatever they're called. I mean, not to sound, uh, you know, belligerent there, but it's, they have been in violation of so many things, including purposely inflating the value of their own currency artificially, and yet nobody's bothered to call them out on it. Fact of the matter is they're untrustworthy. And make make no mistake, I'm not necessarily talking about the individual people of China. I am talking about what dictates that country, who makes the actual decisions. Because the truth is, they are untrustworthy. 
They never have been. But uh, looking at the time here, I uh, seem to have plenty of time to go on. But uh, there is a, another little act insert or a uh, little thing I'd like to talk about, which uh, goes into well, this new you know speaking of misinformation, uh, this new White House press secretary. I think it's uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah. <clears throat> she has had a history in the past in terms of uh, spreading misinformation herself. In fact, calling Trump a belligerent racist, which, you know, is strictly opinion, but then also going as far as saying Fox News is a racist industry, which is from my opinion, hilarious, because in terms of black people working for Fox News, you got Lawrence Jones, one of my personal favorites, uh, Tyrus, who's on the uh, Gutfeld show. You've also got Kevin Cork. You got Janine Pirro. You've got Harris Faulkner, Charles Payne. I mean, even Mark Hill. Then you've got people uh, such as your... Uh, Hispanics, Geraldo Rivera, Jason Chavez, or Linda Chavez, Jason Chavitz, uh, Brian Lenas, Eric Esquivel, and then you also got, uh, well, Juan Williams and Rick Sanchez. You got many other minorities as well. But that's just a short list of people that work for Fox News that, well, apparently... Fox News is racist, but apparently they're colorblind enough to let them work there. So, uh, what gives? I mean, basically, the new White House press secretary, as far as I'm concerned, looks like a gay-ass version of Buckwheat. But uh, on top of which, she's also raised some very ethical questions within the administration with her connection to journalists as well as reporters being the case that her partner happens to be one. So now you've got a question of personal bias in controlling the information that is released at the White House in terms of the questions that are asked. And it it just kind of disturbs me. Something isn't right. But, you know, whatever, whatever. I'll let you just, you know... Sit on it for a while, think about it. If there was anything there that probably sparked your interest, by all means, please look it up. Don't take my word for it, and don't take anybody else's word for it either. Look it up, come up with your own opinion. That's what being enlightened means. You know, you don't just listen to somebody tell you something and act like a sheep and take it as God's gospel. But uh, moving on. As uh, some of the positive feedback that I got from a mock-up commercial, my one of my last shows, I figured I'd put one together, and seeing as we got plenty of time for one, well, I figured I'd let one come out again. So, Disney, this one is just for you. Ladies and gentlemen, we here at Disney Resorts and Entertainment feel that times have changed and that we must update our image to better represent where today's world stands. And that includes being more inclusive with the general population. As such, we have decided that we are going to start renovation of our theme park starting with Disneyland in Anaheim. So, as you go into Disneyland, wander over to Pixie Hollow and experience Tinkerbell farting pixie dust on your children as they float away to the next ride. Hopefully a ride that has been known 
throughout the decades as Pirates of the Caribbean that we intend to now call the Anal Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, folks, it's going to be a merry gale time on that ride as you float through the Pirate's Cove on into Tortuga to witness a 12-gun pirate ship firing glitter bombs at a fortified fortress of Tortuga. Basically to be less aggressive and male toxic, but for something that the whole family can enjoy as they further on venture into Tortuga itself. And wait until you see the wench auction, you will be amazed. Let alone experience further over in California adventure as we changed Grizzly Rapids into more of a red tide experience that we now call the Raging Red Rapids. As you ride a huge tampon floating through the ride of your life holding on to a tampon pull string to be greeted at the end of the ride by one of our cast members who look like Leah Thomas. Because we here at Disney believe too that men can bleed as well. But we didn't just stop at the rides, we also went further with the food. But don't worry, those Mexican donuts you all know as our signature churros, they will still be there. But meander over to the San Francisco Bread Factory, grab one of our bread bowls. Yes folks, New England clam chowder will be served up as well as our chili bread bowls by famous people known throughout the LGBTQ community represented by our own cast members. My oh my. To get a bowl of chowder just hitting the taste buds by George Takai. Oh my. But if that basically doesn't solve all, if you, like all the other greeners, prefer a more veggie appetite, sit back and relax and watch one of our cast members toss your salad into a nice hot bread bowl cooked to perfection. Yes, folks, we here at Disney Resorts and Entertainment, we're changing things. And we also aim to change the world starting with your family by giving them the most fabulous magical experience your money will buy. Thank you, and that is it for today's podcast. If you enjoyed what I said today, by all means, hit the subscribe or follow button. Otherwise, go fox yourself.